Good morning. Um, if you are nursery age, if you have nursery age kids, you guys can be dismissed um, to the nursery. You can go through those doors. We've got a good um, thing planned for them if you have those age kids that need to go there. So, Pastor David asked me to preach this morning, and I have to say, um, I did struggle with coming up with this. He's like, now I'm not giving you any parameters, but it needs to be over Thanksgiving. Um, and so, so I really struggled. I went through like three or four different uh, books, and I was like, okay, I'll be here, I'll be here. And, and so I really struggled, and so I, he helped me, and thank you for that. Um, he helped me settle in and, and figure out what to hone in on. Um, and so to start, I have a video for us to, to watch. Okay, who would like to bless this fine meal? I will, Mimi. You know what, sweetie? That would be perfect. We would love that. Dear God, thank you for, thank you for turkey, thank you for peas, and thank you for pies, and thank you for food, and thank you for butterflies, and then thank you for I don't know if you've ever heard a child pray around that age, but it's not far off. Um, they, the things that they come up with and the rabbit trails they go down are, it's, as Ethan's praying at night, sometimes I'm like, Where? okay, yes, yes, we're, we are thankful for that and, and all that. And, and so today I'm going to argue that that's how our prayer should be. It should be on and on and on about thanks um, and giving thanks to God for every little thing. And so my scripture today that I'm going to be looking at is in Psalms 136, um, and it's quite a long psalm. I'm not going to go through everything specific, but I want to start with the first three verses um, specifically. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. And if you have that scripture opened, you'll see that his faithful love endures forever, continues through the whole chapter after every point that he makes. And so, let's pray and then we'll dive in to the scripture. Uh, dear God, I just want to come and, and thank you for bringing us here today. And 
I pray that you'll speak through me and open up our hearts to hear your word, uh, what you want us to hear today. Um, thank you for your faithful love, and as we examine that today, um, I pray that you'll be with us. In your name I pray, amen. So today there's two, two questions that I want to answer, and that's why we give thanks, and then how do we do it? And again, this might seem like, as you're thinking, I, I know why we should give thanks. I know how to give thanks. Obviously, when I pray, like, that's what I start off with. Thank you for this, 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 and this. But today, I really want to look at why do we do it? Um, is it just something, well, this is how we were told what to do, and so we just do that. But specifically, why are we told to do that? And so if we look in Psalm 136, we see four main reasons of why we give thanks. And I read those first three, uh, those first three verses before we started. Um, He's the God of gods, and he's the Lord of lords. He's sovereign. Um, His sovereignty is one of the reasons why we give thanks to him. Um, That's one thing that's unique about the Bible, that God is sovereign, and he's the one above every other God. In other religions, you'll see that there's many gods that are all kind of equal, but in our case, God is sovereign. He is the one. There's, There's nothing higher. There's nothing greater. He's the one. And so his sovereignty is one of the reasons why we give thanks. It's because of him that we're able to do anything else. Um, And so we need to acknowledge that and give that back to him. The second reason we see in verses 4 through 9 is that he created. Um, We give thanks because he created. And starting in verse 4, it says, He alone does great wonders. His faithful love endures forever. He made the heavens skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. He spread the land on the waters. His faithful love endures forever. He made the great lights. His faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule by day. His faithful love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night. His faithful love endures forever. So in here, the psalmist is writing about the creation, right? We've got heavens. We've got land. We've got day and night. He's writing about the creation. And if you notice in verse 4, it says, He alone does great wonders. So I'm an English teacher, and so when I look at those words, you can say it in different ways. And so, he alone does great wonders, as in, he's the only one that does great wonders. But when I read that, I'm like, well, you know, other people have done, like, people have done great things. And so the way I read it is that he alone, by himself, does great wonders. And so, yes, we as humans can do great things, and we can create great things, but we don't do that on our own. God gives us that knowledge, or we do it as a team, but God alone, by himself, created the world. He didn't have any help. He didn't use any other people's ideas. He didn't take it from someone else. He alone did it. And so, for that, we should give thanks, because, well, without him creating it by himself, well, there, we wouldn't be here. Um, and so, that's the main point, is that he created. He created all of this. And while he focuses on that, we can extend that today to everything, um, everything that we have. And so that's the second, why we give thanks. He's sovereign, he created, and then in the next, in verses 10 through 24, it talks about him saving. And so if you know the story of the Israelites, and we've done this in children's church, we talk about the Israelites mess up, then they cry out, ask for help, God helps them, they say, yay, we're back on top. 
we got this. And then they get away from God, they mess up, they cry out for help, he helps them. It's just over and over again of them messing up, crying out, God helping them. And that's the story over and over through them. And so 10 through 24 talks about the part of him saving. And specifically, in verse 16, um, it's talking about he led his people in the wilderness. And so if you know that story, like the way that I was told that story of the wilderness was they went into the, they were supposed to go into the promised land and they were afraid and said no. And so God said, well, you have to wander around in the wilderness until this generation passes on and then the next generation will get to go in. And so every time I've heard that story or told that story or have been taught about that story, it's always like, look at how bad the Israelites were. They didn't listen. And look what happened. They had to wander around. They didn't get God's promise for them of the promised land. But the psalmist here focuses on God in it. He doesn't focus on what the people did. He's focusing on God, that God led them through. And that's the other part. Well, yes, God led them by a cloud during the day and fire during the night. They weren't just wandering around. He told them that's what they were going to do. But still he came and he led them to where they were supposed to go. And so we see that in their mess up that God still provided for them. And they, they need to give thanks for that. And so, and that's, so that's the third point is that he saves. And then lastly, why we give thanks is that he provides. In verse uh, 25, it says, He gives food to every creature. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love, his faithful love endures forever. And so here we see that the psalmist is acknowledging that, hey, he's provided. The food we have comes from God. And yes, scientifically, the crops grow it. The cows eat it. We butcher them. Uh, we harvest them. But ultimately, those processes of oxygen going to the, or carbon dioxide going to the plants and producing the crop, that comes from God. That whole process that he, he has is from him. And so he's providing for us. And it, it says that he gives food to every creature. So it's not the ones that he chooses to get food. It's not the favorites. It's every Every creature gets it, and that's from God. So that's the four reasons of why we give thanks. We see that he's sovereign. He's above everything else. He created everything that we have. He saves, and he provides. And so that's why we give thanks. And so now, turning to the second question of how do we do it? How do we give thanks? And I think looking at the Psalms, we can see exactly what the psalmist did is exactly what we should be doing too. So verses 1 through 3, he's thanking God for his sovereignty um, and his goodness. And that's what we need to do. Every time that I hear um, Pastor David pray, he always mentions, God, you're good. God, you're sovereign. One of those words, I always hear him say that during his prayer. And that's something we need to be doing too. We need to acknowledge that God is sovereign. Um, and then secondly... Be thankful for his creation. And so now, every time we pray, we don't need to, God, thank you for creating the world. But look at things that we, that he's created for us. Um, so be thankful for his creation in our, in our prayers. And then lastly, thankful, be thankful for what he's done. Um, and so I have a story 
Um, it's from Corey Ten Boom. She has a book. It's called The Hiding Place, um, and it's about stories that were told in concentration camps and during the Holocaust. Um, they're a true story. So this is this is a true story from um, a concentration camp, uh, Ravensbrück. It says the barracks where Corey Ten Boom and her sister Betsy were kept in the Nazi concentration camp, Ravensbrück, were terribly overcrowded and flea infested. They had been to they had been able to miraculously smuggle a Bible into the camp, and in that Bible they had read that in all things they were to give thanks, and that God could use anything for good. Betsy decided that this meant thanking God for the fleas. This was too much for Corey, who said that she could do no such thing. Betsy insisted, so Corey gave thanks and prayed to God, thanking him even for the fleas. Their dorm, their barracks where they stayed, were infested with fleas because there were so many people in that area and not bathing and all of that, that fleas had infested their barracks. Over the next several months, a wonderful but curious thing happened. They found that the guards never entered the barracks. That meant that no women were assaulted. It also meant that they were able to do the unthinkable, which was hold open Bible studies and prayer meetings in a Nazi concentration camp. Through this, countless numbers of women came to faith in Christ. Only at the end did they discover why the guards had left them alone and would not enter their barracks. It was because of the fleas. And so... Fleas, I don't know know if your dog or animal has ever had fleas, but they're terrible, um, and you don't like them. But Betsy's, in this case, said, hey, we need to be thankful for the fleas. Um, I don't know why. She didn't know why. um, But we have them, and it's something we need to give God thanks for. And because of that, they were left alone where countless people came to know Christ in a concentration camp. And so, as we look through to being thankful for what he's done. Obviously, that's a horrible situation, and those girls could have acknowledged and and rested on that, that we're in this horrible situation, poor us, but they didn't. They focused on giving thanks to what they had, even if that was fleas, and God blessed that. And so, some of you may know, we've talked about it a couple of times, Megan and I, we, we used to live overseas, and I guess it's four or five years ago, we moved to the Congo. We felt God was calling us there. That's where we were supposed to be. And when we got there, we really got plugged into a church. Um, They had an English service. They speak French there, uh, but they want to learn English. They had an English service, and so I was able to um, help with the English service through that. I was in the choir and helped them sing English uh, worship songs, and we Megan had uh, friends that would come over, Congolese friends that would come over to the apartment every week that she was able to minister to. And we really felt like, all right, like, we're missionaries now. Like, we're doing it. Um, And we felt like that's where we were supposed to be. Well, um, towards the end of the year, it was very clear that we weren't supposed to be there. And it it made me mad because I'm like, God, what, what what are you doing, God? Like, we're here serving you, and like this is we're actually doing mission work. Like I'm involved in a church, and Megan's got a small group. Like why are you pulling us from this place? And I was angry, and so we moved to Beijing. And after that, and looking back, I can see why God, maybe not I, but I can see if we would have stayed there, what would have happened. While we were in Beijing, 
that was a time for us. We were able to have Addison there where we couldn't have in the Congo. And it was a really, Beijing was a good time for us to grow. We grew a lot. We had a good community of uh, faith believers. Um, and so we were able um, to grow there. It was a time of rest for us. Living in the Congo was stressful, but that's where we felt God wanted us to be. And also, in, when COVID happened, if we would have been in the Congo, I don't know what would have happened. Um, because I had friends there, and they got stuck there, and they're still there. They haven't left from two years ago. And so I don't know if that would have been us, but by God m- removing us from that and moving us to Beijing, we were able to quickly and safely get back from that. And so now looking back, I'm able to give thanks in that. And you can see that that's what the psalmist is doing in those verses. He's looking back and giving thanks to God, even though those times were hard. Yes, they were wandering through the wilderness and like they were dependent on the food from God every day. But that's what they're acknowledging and giving thanks. They're not focusing on the negativity that happened. They're focusing on the good that God did through them through those situations. Um, And so today, if we think about thinking about what God has done for us, well, obviously the big thing is he sent Jesus to die for us and save save us. Um, And so giving thanks to God for that. And we, you know, when we take communion, we acknowledge that, that, hey, this is what God did for us and we give thanks there. But I mean, that's a pretty big deal of Jesus saving that. So we should be doing that more often and not just in times where we take communion, but more often giving thanks to God because he saved us. Um, and then lastly, thanking God for him providing for us. So four things we can do to, to how, how we give thanks is acknowledge being thankful that he's sovereign, uh, be thankful that he's created, thankful that he's saved us, um, and thankful that he has provided for us. And so um, with that, I have a challenge um, for you guys. This is Thanksgiving season coming up. Uh, this week we've got Thanksgiving. But also, I think it's great that this holiday aligns really close to when we start celebrating Advent. I think that's a correlation um, that's intentional. Of We do this time of giving thanks in preparation for getting ready to celebrate Jesus' coming. So... My challenge today for, for God's sovereignty, for thinking of God's sovereignty, the question that I have is, um, how can we acknowledge, how can acknowledging that God is sovereign change our mindset? So when we acknowledge that he's sovereign, how is that going to change the way we think about things? When, when bad things happen, I told Pastor David and Sarah, I had a terrible morning this morning. It was terrible. Um, and I was really stressed out about getting up and preaching because a lot of bad things happened this morning. And, but acknowledging that, hey, God is sovereign and those things happen for a reason. And seeing that through prayer, I'm, I've calmed down a lot. David's prayed for me two or three times with me. No telling how many times by, by himself. Um, but just acknowledging that, hey, that happened for a reason. And that's because God's sovereign. Um, but I can see now, like, hey, I was all worried about how I was going to do this morning. But, no, I need to think, no, it's God speaking through me. And so he's sovereign, and that showed me that, hey, I need to not worry about what's happened to me, but just get up here and speak the word. Um, And then with creation, um, what has God created that you're thankful for? 
Um, and if you remember the video of the girl, she went on and on and on. And they all kind of connected. Um, she was thankful for bubblegum, then the bubblegum went to butterflies, and then it just, it just went on. And then she ended with she was thankful for family and all of those things God had created. And so really, like, sit down and think, like, what has God created for me that I'm thankful for? Um, and then uh, thinking of what's he done. What has God done for you specifically? Um, and it's different for all of us. But specifically, what's God done for you? And sit down and, re- and really think about that um, this week. And then lastly, how has God provided for you? Um, and what is what has he provided for you that helps you to excel or helps you through your basic day-to-day things? What has he given to you that helps you get through? So I have an analogy. Um, how many of you guys have ever played Uno? Okay, hopefully most people. And I don't have Phase 10, but I just have a normal deck of cards. How many of you guys have ever played Phase 10? Okay, so... Um, I don't know, if you haven't played, I'll, I'll quickly go over, obviously Uno, you're trying to get down to one card, and you have like numbered cards, and then you also have like these special, like you've got reverse, and Uno now has like a wild card where you make up the rules, um, and then you've got your like draw two cards that you can play on somebody, and then you've got your like your normal wild where you can change the color, and your draw four that you can give to somebody to draw four. And so when you get these cards in your hand, uh, if you play with a child, you get these cards in your, if they get the cards, you instantly know that they've got good cards. You're like, yes, yes, I, I know who I'm going to play this one on. It's like, okay, I know what you've got now. Um, and they're instantly happy with these cards. But now I don't know if you've ever kept score with Uno, but if you have these cards in your hand at the end, they're worth the most points. And you want to score the least number of points in Uno. You want to have the lowest score. So if you have these in your hand, it's kind of a bad thing that you have them because if you end up with them, like I think they're worth like 10 or 12 points a piece, like that adds up really quick and it's really hard to have the lowest score if you have a couple of these. But when you play and you get these cards, you're all excited and you're making a plan. All right, I'm going to play this draw four on this person because last time they did it to me. I'm going to skip this person. You've got this game plan and you're super happy with these cards. Even though, at the end, it's a bad thing to have them, but you don't think about that. Your mindset is, I've got these cards, and I'm super excited about it. Now, phase 10, I don't like it all. I don't like to play it. It just makes me a negative person, because I, I have terrible luck with it. Uh, so, so you have to get through these 10 phases of cards. And so, like, the first one is, like, two sets of three, and you have to have two sets of the same number. And then it leads up to, like, you need seven of one color. And I think you only have, like, nine. Do you have ten cards in your hand? You have ten cards in your hand. And you've got to have seven of those be one color. And so it's, again, luck of the draw. But I feel like I'm terrible at it. And when I play, I'm like, oh, this would have been a good hand for this phase. This would have been, this would have been a good hand for the last time that I played and didn't, and didn't get through. And I don't think I've ever won phase ten. Actually, I don't know if I've made it through a game. I just, like, get up and leave. I'm done with this. I, I can't, I'm too far behind. And so I want to challenge you that our life is, can be like either one of these games. We can look at life with phase 10, like phase 10, and be like, 
I've got these cards. Like, what am, what am I going to do? There's no way I'm going to get this phase. There's no way that I can get what I need to get done accomplished. Or we can look at it like Uno. And even though these cards aren't necessarily good cards in the end, in that moment, we are thankful for them and we are glad that we have them. And so I want to challenge you that as you go through this week, think of it like Uno. When something gets dealt to you, think, how can I use this to glorify God? And then in that, when I'm thinking of how I can glorify God, give thanks to that in that moment. Because again, He's sovereign. And he's good. And whatever happens, whatever cards we're dealt, it's coming from him. And when we acknowledge that, that changes our mindset to a thankful mindset, um, which again changes our attitude and um, all that. So I'll pray, and then I think we'll have announcements and food. Uh, dear God, I just want to come um, and thank you that you are good, and thank you that you are sovereign, and um, thank you for your plan for our lives. Um, I pray that as we go through this week, especially um, with Thanksgiving coming up, that you'll be on our hearts and on our minds um, and make it clear uh, how we can be thankful for what you have done for us. Um, love you. In your name I pray. Amen.